0: What's up, y'all? My name's Leticia, and you're listening to Confessions from the Closet, a podcast all about vulnerability and overcoming. It's time we get ourselves unstuck from these boxes and these closets that we've allowed ourselves to be trapped in. We're so much bigger than these boxes we've been in. It's time we go deep, y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Confessions from the Closet. I am so excited about today. I am joined by my new friend, the director, I think creator of the 1946 film, which y'all hear me talking about all the time. I'm really excited to get to know more about her story and just how the film came about. So here we have Rocky Rogio, is that right? You you got it. Nicely pronounced. Okay, awesome. Is it Italian?
1: that's amazing. That's Italian, yeah.
0: There you go. Well, I'm (laughs) Hispanic, you know, we got to work on how to say names anyways everyone says my name Leticia incorrectly and it's like yeah it's Leticia it's really Leticia because I'm Hispanic but I I think I think my dad even still says it kind of wrong so it's cool he's white um (laughs) anyways I'm really excited about doing this with you I was really pumped when you reached out to me I definitely paced the house for a while um Just, Thank you so much. I love what y'all are doing with the film. I love the research. I don't know if you know about my story, but when I came out, um, I actually like wrestled for so long about like being gay and loving the Lord and the film, which I love that you're working with them. The uh, film for the Bible tells me so was one that just kind of like fell in my path and helped me start unraveling everything and wrestling with my faith and knowing that, yeah, I was made gay and Jesus loves me. Um, so the fact that you're doing something that's so like now it's in the present time, I just think it's amazing. And I'm so excited to hear about the lives that changed from it.
1: Awesome. Um, Yeah. I'm excited to be on the show. I'm glad that Daniel Carslake's film for the Bible tells me so made an impact in your life. It definitely had an impact in my life. And so when I received an email from him one day, uh, asking about the movie prior to me getting funded, uh, our donors worked with him in the past and they wanted to vet me. And so I spent an hour and a half on the phone with him, which was just like a pinch me moment, as you can yeah. imagine. And then I ended that phone call with, Hey, why don't you mentor me and be our executive producer so that you can ensure our donors who want to give us this big gift that we're going to finish this film and you're that's going awesome. to help get there. Yeah. So that's how that happened.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That film, like, it changed my life and led me to so many different paths to like reach out to people that were actually in the film. And, uh, Oh, great. Yeah. I'm excited to, I mean, I just know it's going to impact so many people's lives just doing this new project. Um, so before we dive too much more into the, the film, I want to know more about your life, like your childhood, you know, when did you know you were gay coming up with faith and how you wrestled
1: with that? Um, I just want to know more about you. Sure. Well, I mean, talk about conversations in the closet. So I didn't even really have a coming out story. Mm-hmm. I was found out. And so when you're a young person and you're already struggling with your identity, and you're hearing in the culture that being gay is bad, it's wrong. It's you know, especially growing up in the church.
0: Yeah.
1: The last thing I was going to do was let my parents know, mm-hmm. uh, and they suspected that. I had been dating this woman. They read my diary, which led to a big clash, as you can imagine. And my father then wrote me a 10-page letter on why he believes I'm going to hell, basically. Uh, And so he used all the clobber passages. He used some other lovely passages in Proverbs where he blamed himself for not disciplining me enough, you know, my my mother at some point, uh, but, you know, went through all the cycles. And then after that, I immediately left home. But going back to like answering the original question, like how I knew I was gay, you know, I think for an LGBTQ person, you you start to identify pretty early on. <laughs> uh, for me, I was about five years old when I realized that I was different than everybody else. Uh, and I hear that a lot with a lot of LGBTQ people. You know, yeah. I was never abused. I wasn't, you know, I grew up in a loving home at five years old. I was like, who am I going to marry? Ryan? <laughs> this guy went to my turn, like, I don't like boys, you know, like, and I had no idea what that meant. Until yeah. later on going through puberty. And then finally in high school, I was like, oh, you know, my first <laughs> kiss. So I was like, that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> we never looked back, so. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, and that's what when we came out. It's like I felt like once I came out at 24, it's like I remembered everything throughout my childhood. I was like, oh, right? it yep, makes, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so you moved out right after. Did you – did what was said affect your faith? Did it like, or did you still believe?
1: That's a really great question. Of course it did. So I never really responded to my dad's teaching as far as I responded to his benevolence, his kindness, his really, his, his, he was, he is um, a man who lives by his word, Mm -hmm. but the teachings in the church I never responded to because I would hear things like, "Our church is the church that's doing it right, and everybody else is doing it wrong." Yeah. And, and so that was my first clue that something's off about the church—not God, not Christianity—it's—it's it's this institution. Yeah. You know, if we're all reading the same Bible and we're all looking at the gospel and the Jesus message, why? are the Lutherans bad and the, you know, and this person's yeah. bad and this other, you know, but we're the only ones that are doing it right. Right. And then I would hear from other congregations, they'd say the same thing. So I, I knew early on there was something off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other things like my father doesn't even allow women to even read from the Bible on the stage. Wow. So it was an er- early age. I was just like, this doesn't feel like what I'm seeing represented in the gospels with mm-hmm. quality. Jesus presenting himself as a feminist, you know? So I was always labeled as the troublemaker because I would question. Yeah. Uh, And you're not supposed to question. Mm -mm. But once I came out as gay, you know, that's why my father would say, well, you were the troublemaker. I should have disciplined you better. And it's like, no, like I'm actually smart because I'm not falling in. I'm not being indoctrinated. Yeah. I'm actually trying to explore things and learn things properly, or at least in a way where they make sense.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, it was interesting. But once my dad then, you know, wrote me those letters, of course I left the faith. I never mm-hmm. wanted to go back into a church building yeah. again, you know? So it's, I've suffered major religious trauma, yeah. um, as a lot of us have.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay. So now I want to go into the movie because I know that was part of like getting into church and realizing everything. How did you come across Kathy and Ed and just start this project 1946?
1: Yeah. So within that 20 year period of being kicked out of the house and I left and me going through trying to find myself, career, relationship, um, and, coming out of loneliness, being excluded from my family. Mm -hmm. um, You know, there, there have been many struggles in that 20 years where I can't pray the gay away. My parents would still try to send me pamphlets on, you know, loved one out and the slippery slope of gay marriage. And 10 years into this whole thing, my dad had an ex-gay preaching at his church Mm -hmm. where, you know, he, he, and then the news picked it up. And then I did a counterpiece outing my dad for having a lesbian daughter. Like it was just a mess. Um, Yeah. And so fast forward to 2017, I was living in Los Angeles, production designing movies. And I met a woman who told me she was a, she was a Christian and Mm -hmm. we started dating and she wanted to go to church. And I was like, Oh, okay. So we started going to church. And through that experience as an adult, now in my forties, I realized the bigger problem that seeps into our society comes from within our church buildings. Because Mm -hmm. here I was in Los Angeles in a progressive liberal church building that wants to welcome everybody with radical love. But I saw through the whole thing. Mm
2: -hmm. I know
1: that I'm welcome, but not equal in this space. So I started to get vocal about it. And even the leaders of the church were like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I can serve coffee, but I can't run this Bible study. Yeah. Well, how do you know that? And I'm like, look, if you don't know as the leader, then there's something wrong with this church. So either yeah. you're lying to me or you really don't know. Either way, it's a big problem. Um, that led me to getting the church bylaws. And in the bylaws signed by the head pastor, it said, do not pass this outside of ministry. Don't uh-huh. don't even say that anyone to- to- in the congregation is supposed to see it. Uh, It was unbelievable. So once I read that, I felt like I was, I went through a breakup because you get involved in these churches, you get, you start Mm -hmm. to build relationships and friendships. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, all the straight people in here can participate fully, Mm -hmm. but I can't because I'm attracted to women and I have a girlfriend, you know? Um, And so I started to get very vocal, which led me to learn about affirming spaces. I had mm-hmm. no idea that affirming spaces even existed. I was so far removed from church. Um, and that led me to dig deeper. To, I took a class on homosexuality in the Bible at one of these churches. That's, That's where awesome. I learned about Kathy Bulldog. That's where I learned about Malakoi and Arsenecoitai mm-hmm. three weeks after that. This was August, 2018 my non-affirming parents were coming into LA to visit me and Kathy Boldock was speaking at an iconic church. So I just put everybody together in a room and I was like, (laughs) see what happens. And I started filming because you know, my parents would make me go to loved one out Mm -hmm. and try to convert me. So it's like, all right, dad, let's listen to some other people and let's get through this together. So one, when we were in that room, You know, I'd already heard about Malakoi and Arsinekoitai, but I had no idea about the 1946 mistranslation. Mm. I had no idea about the level of work that Kathy and Ed had already done. Mm. Uh, And so in that conference, they just announced, they just found the man who wrote the letter in 1959 to the RSV team, challenging them on their misuse of the word homosexual, which was the first time it was entered in the Bible. He's alive. He was a pastor, you know, all of these things. And then the RSV going and, and actually, um, affecting all of the other modern translations, yeah. the creation of anti gay theology in our society. It just all made sense. Mm-hmm. So while I was sitting in this conference, I was like, I have to tell this story. I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I know the power of media. Yeah. I know that this is a global message that can actually change our reality for LGBTQ people in our society. And mm-hmm. so I immediately started filming. Now, my dad had a different experience <laughs> I was sitting next to my mother and my father listening to Kathy and Ed talk about patriarchy, penetration, and procreation for the next six hours, my dad was horrified. And he, like, you know, at the end of the conference, he went up to the microphone and he's like, is this for questions? Is this because I have a question, you know? And now he is doubling down. He's now writing a book on why he believes homosexuality is a sin Mm
2: -hmm. because he
1: needs to leave his mark before he dies. Um, But- through that experience, I've invited him to participate in the film mm-hmm. and he agreed. So he will he is sharing his authentic perspective, which we will afford him. And mm-hmm. we took him to the Reformation Project in 2019, where he got to meet Matthew Vines. Awesome. And Lee, yeah. And do the work. But uh he's still writing his book and we'll see what that looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah.
0: awesome. I love that you took them there. Because I've listened to it. is it the one that's on YouTube's like two parts? four hours. I think
1: I've yeah, listened so to it recently. Yeah. There's a couple on our uh, website. The Kathy Boldock one is not the one that we took my dad to. That one is actually not published anywhere. We're the only ones that oh, have okay. footage of that. Um, so it'll only be available in the movie. That's awesome. Um, and then the reformation project in 2019 is all over the internet and actually mm-hmm. people can meet Reverend David already. There's an hour, interview with Kathy Boldock and Reverend David sitting down Oprah style on couches, you know, yeah. uh, talking about this remarkable act that he did 60 years ago that will actually, we will see real change in our, in our culture because of it.
0: Yeah. I think it's amazing that y'all found
1: him. And that it is it was a is lot. In the film. Yeah. yeah. Like what a good in his house in Canada. It's, it's incredible. So
0: that is so cool. So how I know that I've heard that you and your dad, still have a relationship. How does it affect you like that? He is so set that it's just this horrible sin still.
1: Well, it's never easy. It's always hard when your loved one um, thinks that you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's nothing I've done. It's who I am. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's difficult, but I had to make a decision for myself in order to keep my family in my life to forgive yeah. and forgiveness is a gift for us. And so the only way that I'm ever even going to have my family in my life is if I let things go. Yes. Um, I believe that my family and anybody who oppresses the LGBTQ community, I believe that they are victims of bad theology, just like mm-hmm. we are.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I have a lot of empathy and grace for the other side and the opposition. And hopefully though that grace and empathy will translate in the film. So that mm-hmm. we cannot, this is not an attack on Christianity. It's yeah. not an attack on the Bible. It's not an attack on God. This is an intervention about 22 people sitting in a room, making a decision that changed the text from condemning an act that has mm-hmm. a victim that's abusive versus a group of people. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. So, yeah.
0: Can you go into, for people who don't know, I know I've done a lot of research. Um, what arsenicoitan, uh what is it? Malacoi. I could not think of the word, Yeah. what it means and why y'all have discovered.
1: Sure. So the two Greek words in question here are malakoi and arsinochoitai. They're found in first Timothy and they're found in first Corinthians. Malakoi, you can see in the old Testament as well. And it's in a lot of other writings. We have a pretty good understanding of what the word malakoi means. It means effeminate, soft, to be a coward. You're mm-hmm. not fitting up your roles in society. And so basically the worst thing that you can call a man is a woman. Mm-hmm. And so a malachoy has traits of a woman. And in some times in the senses, if we're looking at the six verses that talk about same sex activity, the malachoy would be the passive participant in the sex act. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times this person would not have consent or choice. They were young kids that had no choice or this was a catamite, which was prostitution, temple prostitution, worship, prostitution, things like that. But mm-hmm. if you were on the receiving end, you are now considered to be, useless in society you have given up your manhood and you've taken the role of a woman yeah and we see this even now you're a pansy you're a you're a pussy yeah. you're a uh a, 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 what is another slam sissy word, yeah you know, don't be a girl right, exactly. and it's like All you know being such a sissy right and so yeah. these themes are still so very prevalent in our society and it just makes sense that's mm-hmm. what a boy is it's somebody who's not fitting in there with their roles in society whether they've been tainted through a sex act or not they can mm-hmm. literally just be an effeminate person, mm-hmm. and then they're going to automatically be sinning. It's just—it's literally discrimination. Yes. Yeah. You know, so. Then the arsonokoi would be the um, active participant, but what we see arsonokoi is is the aggressor, um, the dominant. So they're they're the penetrator, but they're still participating in a violent, aggressive, abusive mm-hmm. prostitution. Whether they're buying it or it's it's temple worship, these are the themes mm-hmm. of all of the six verses. They're all the same. Yeah. Um, but the would would still be able to keep his honor in society because they're they're, they're per- the man, the yeah, yeah. manly, uh, right? They're the manly person, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what's on the end of the man's penis as long as he's the one doing the penetrating. Literally, yeah. that's what you know. And so these are the themes we're talking about. Again, it has nothing to do with consensual same sex attraction. It has everything to do with aggressive exploitative acts. Um, and so what the translators did is they saw homosexual and they just took the two terms. Well, this is the bottom, this is the top. We're going to put it together. It means homosexual. Mm. And it it's, it's just doesn't. So yeah. when this, this 21-year-old challenged the team, he wrote an amazing academic letter. He took eight months to write it. He was in wow. school. He was studying Greek and Hebrew. He is, was not seminary. He knew, he, he was bilingual. He understood mm-hmm. German uh, a little bit, but he was bilingual with French and English because he was French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. He understood psychology like very clear in his letter. He had an appendix with citing all of his wow. research and so That's since he easy. wrote such a great letter, the head of the translation team, Dr. Weigel, said, uh, I'm actually going to pay attention to this and, mm-hmm. and give you a really good response. Mm-hmm. They went back and forth with four letters. And at the end of the letter, Dr. Weigel actually said, no, I'm not talking about people who are born that way. Yeah. I'm talking about the abusers. The problem was, is that the translation team, like David's letter missed a cutoff date by three weeks oh. where they had just signed. A contract with their publisher that they wouldn't publish another edition until for another 10 years. So they took David's letter and Weigel's letters and they put them in a file. and They put them in for 10 years and it sat there until the RSB reopened to do their, their next edition. Mm-hmm. And they actually looked at the letters. They looked at the suggestions and they went with sexual perverts. They took out the word homosexual, condemning a group of people and made it back as an act. But mm-hmm. uh, what happened was there were three other modern English Bibles at the time working on their proper English version of the Bible. Yeah, They all use the RSV as their root text. Mm-hmm. And in the seventies, we see homosexual now in six different passages where it just doesn't belong. They put it in Leviticus. They put it in Timothy. They put it in, uh, they didn't put it in Romans till 2017, which is another. Story. That's
0: when it started. Mm-hmm. It's the Romans one been. that
1: everyone is mm-hmm. always using. Wow. I didn't realize yeah. it was that late. Well, one. Translation, I'll have to look up what the Bible is because I don't have it off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. it didn't even hit that until later. But that's like the mother one. Everybody's like, well, you can't. It's unnatural. Romans. And it's like, mm, yeah, we can. Because if you look at what's going on in Romans, it says that their women exchanged. Mm-hmm. The women were owned by the men. They weren't yeah. lesbians. These weren't gay guys. They were married couples participating in temple prostitution. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the verses before, it's very clear that they were worshiping other gods. Yeah. And these were rituals that were very common in the time. These were not gay people, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, we have to take these things into context. But those are the themes that we'll talk about in the film. How did this translation team in 1930, when they started doing the work on the RSB, how did they come to use the word homosexual? And we know that in the 30s, homosexual meant homosexual vices. Mm-hmm. If somebody were, a, if somebody was a pedophile, they were considered a homosexual vice. It was, a, you know, that's just mm-hmm. the name that they used, just like yeah. the word sodomite, which ended up becoming homosexual, but it didn't originate as homosexual. Yeah, the origination of that word is any form of non-procreative sex. Mm-hmm. So even married couples or a masturbator could be a sodomite. Uh, right. And then later it ended up into the culture and it became a homosexual. And again, these are just slang words that come into the culture and we're going to trace mm-hmm. all of that. So we look at the, uh. we look at the translation team, how could they have made this decision? And then we'll look at the other translation teams. How did they put the bot, the word homosexual in there? Mm-hmm. Then in the eighties, we actually see malice for the first time where we can see in translations where they put in the footnotes that malicoin or sinekoitai are, um consensual acts wow it's it's so egregious so we don't that's see malice until the 80s it was literally a mistake the translated team again said no we're not talking about people born that way mm. so that's what we're going to be exposing but then what we see in the 80s is the creation of anti-gay theology Mm -hmm. Once the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, declassified homosexuals from being mentally ill is when we see the church doubling down on LGBTQ issues. Anita Bryant comes on the scene, Mm -hmm. Save Our Children campaign, and the church had everything they needed in black and white because Mm -hmm. in all of the major Bibles, homosexuals all over the place. Mm -hmm. And nobody, nobody needed to go back and look to see if there was a mistake because the church has a long history of creating an other. And the LGBTQ people are the next in a long list of others, which include women, left-handed mm-hmm. people, um, Jews, the uncircumcised. You know, I mean, there's countless groups yeah. of people, witches, let's not think forget about the Salem witch trials and all yeah. these poor innocent women were tortured because of insecure men, honestly. Like, let's just <laughs> Not that, not that I have anything against guys, but I mean, it's usually the, it's the guys that are causing these problems. And honestly, let's, if you want to be honest, complementarianism, which started in the 80s, which mm-hmm. is the church trying to get a grip on what's men's roles and women's roles, because women were starting to get their equality. But we need to make sure that women still know their place. So they started this thing called complementarianism. And I'll tell you what, it hurts men just as much as it hurts women. Because when men aren't able to show emotion or cry or be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. they they suffer. And we see it in our society. So this doesn't just hurt LGBTQ people. This hurts heterosexual people.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We have a 10-year-old daughter and a 2-year-old son, and he is full of emotion.
1: He's oh also good. a
0: dinosaur half the time. So you he's know, like this equal balance. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So and we, Sharing that
1: self. You know, it's that's perfect.
0: It's so perfect. I'm like, well, first of all, we're all emotional in this house. So why would I cut that off for him? And there's moments where we're both looking at each other and we just like hold him. I'm like, I don't know how to comfort you. Like two's hard as it is, but you cry, buddy. Um, cry so me. I I see how important it is now raising a son because I'm like – you want them to be empathetic when they grow up in good fathers or, um, people, you want to be A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. So. Good for you. I love that.
0: Yes. Boy, boy, momming is a different story than girl momming. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> it's way messier. Um, when you were mentioning the, how the word eventually did get translated to sexual perverts, I just think. That, that is such a big reason why so many people think that because you're gay, you're also a pedophile because of these mistranslations and like, oh, we're going to change this word because even when I came out, they were like, oh, she's a pedophile and she's a masturbator. And I was like, mm, I'm just saying that I like girls. That's like literally all I'm admitting. Um, and I think these mistranslations have just done so much more damage besides not allowing us to serve in the church that we love or to be a part of what we're called to be a part of by God. Um and so I'm super excited to hear everything that y'all are just um revealing and exposing and showing because I think it's important. I Thank know it's important. You. Yeah. Thank I love you. that. Um I had heard yesterday you were talking about some of the cartoons. Is that what you called it? Illustrations yeah,
1: animations. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what which ones are y'all doing? for the film
1: no we want to animate about 10 minutes of the movie we're working on it right now we've had meetings with our illustrator and um we definitely want to take people back into the time periods that we can't re you know reshoot or it'd be very expensive to recreate anything but yeah um we want to have people experience the 1950s when young david was experiencing his same-sex attraction but he also felt a call to ministry Mm-hmm. and you can imagine in the 50s having no representation having no examples of gay people so when he started to feel to you know, know he was same sex attracted he thought he was the only person in the world
2: mm. and so we want
1: to kind of hit those emotional notes and have people especially from that generation or even if you're not of that generation be able to connect and relate If you don't have representation, what does that feel like? What does that look like? You know, we'll see young David's face in the 1950s being isolated and vulnerable. And then there's this one scene he talks about where he was at a newsstand one day and he looked up and he saw a book that said a homosexual love. And he was like, wait a minute, love. (laughs) And there are other people like he was just blew his mind. Wow. But that's one thing that we're missing is intimacy Mm -hmm. and love and this understanding that we actually can love. So that was a big moment for him. Uh, and he was then able to discover that there were other gay people in the world and that maybe he is okay, you know. I love that. Uh, but he tells us the story of how he never pretended to hide his identity from God. When he felt the calling, he had a conversation with God. He never pretended to be anything other than who he was. Uh, and he took the, answered the call to ministry and we'll hear his story in the film. That's awesome. Another scene we want to animate, we want to do the Romans scene that we just talked about. We want to mm. put people in that time period so that they can see what was going on. And that these were married couples participating in these group orgies and worshiping other gods. Uh, And we want to animate the Sodom and Gomorrah story. So people can, again, put themselves there, see what's going on. These were heterosexual men. And it was very common once you conquered someone or conquered in a battle, you would Mm -hmm. rape your, you know, you'd rape the other side. And so... These were not gay people. Yeah. (laughs) There's a whole town of gay people. Like, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. So, we're working on what that looks like to put that piece together. And then, even not even just mentioned, like, Lot being willing to offer up his daughters to be raped. Yeah. You know, they're not gay guys. They're, you know,
0: it's abuse. So. That's crazy to me, even to think back at the Bible story. Like, I would probably offer myself before I would ever offer my children. And that's a
1: really interesting point. Why didn't Lot offer himself? You yeah. know, if he really cared enough about the angels, he's going to throw his daughters out. But if he really cared about the situation and actually humanity and everyone involved, he would have given himself up. Right. you
0: think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that's he true. was have more valuable. And it, then he would have become a malakoy. He would have been useless in society. Mm-hmm.
0: It's true. So, we see the
1: story I, in Judges. Where there was a concubine that was that was thrown out and raped all night long and she ended up dying. It's just, it's horrible. horrible. Yeah.
0: We watched um, Vikings recently. And just like the pagans and the, the Christians and seeing that in film was so fascinating to me that I, and I almost was like, man, I would rather recognize myself as a pagan versus a Christian because of the things that they did in this film. Um, I just love the way that they had displayed it. I don't know if you've seen it, but...
1: It was I intense
0: know. because it's like back in this different era and it's beautiful how they've done it. But Christians were, I was like, no, I, I'd be, I'd be a pagan. I couldn't agree
1: with that. So, you her. know I mean? And that's another thing that we have to be willing to challenge the institutions. Again, this is not an attack on Christianity or the Bible mm-hmm. or God, but the church, there's a cancer in the church and we can see again, how the church has been wrong. Like we just mentioned that list, but another example is Galileo. Where he literally died in jail, and 500 years later, the church had to apologize because yeah. science finally caught up and our understanding It was like. But there were five clobber passages in Galileo's day that put him away because the Bible told us how the Earth rotated around the sun, and mm-hmm. his scientific findings, you know, contradicted that. So he was a heresy, you know, heretic, and they threw him away. That's crazy. Yeah, um, so we have to challenge the institution. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's needed. Um. I think that there's churches that are changing and that are catching up with it, but still behind even my church. I don't know if you know, I'm on the worship team at our church nice. and I have been for five years. Um, I even get to work on the prophetic team. Um, and they obviously, when they met us, they knew I was married to a woman. They were at like, my pastor was at our gender reveal for our son. They've dedicated my children. My daughter just got baptized with my wife a couple weeks ago at our church. So we go to and are very fortunate to have the church that we all hope for. Um, And my pastor and I have a really amazing relationship and we still disagree on some things, um, but we respect each other so much that we're able to have those tough conversations. And he's like in his sixties and he asks me questions that it's like a lot of people would be afraid to ask, but like one of our first meetings, he asked, you know, how did we get pregnant or how would we get pregnant? This was before my son And I was like, I'm glad you asked because most people just assume that we slept with a man and not that we did something different. And so I think for people in the church, that it's very important to just ask questions and not just make assumptions about us. And that's such a thing that will help with the culture. I know we've lost a lot of people since I've started singing at the church, but we're at a place now where it's like all the people have kind of that were not supposed to be there, no longer there.
1: Wow. So um, you guys have lost members of your church because they afforded you the opportunity to worship, to be the worship leader. A worship yeah. leader. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Put on your pastor for um, supporting you. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. He's always had my back. Like there's been a couple of people like in the beginning when people would come up to like, talk to me, he would ha- send someone over to make sure they weren't attacking me. Um, and just, he's very protective of us as a family. And um, he's always said, I would hate for y'all not to be married to each other because you're wow. wonderful together. And um, as that, like, well, yeah, it's amazing. And it's something I prayed for for so long. And um, that's my goal with the podcast is to encourage others to keep seeking those places, but also like you're saying, challenge the institution because it's time. I mean, it's past time, but it's time.
1: Reformation is coming. That's one of my favorite comments when people are like big haters on the page. I just, I just write, Jesus is an ally to the LGBTQ community, period. Yes. A reformation is coming or something. Like I say, sometimes I say the church is catching up. A reformation is coming. I hope you're ready or something. Yeah,
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that's one thing I, I admire about you is that, um, to all the comments which you get a lot of comments yeah from those people like you're so respectful to them and you like you as a nasty as they are and as attacking you and everything and attacking the whole thing you still see them as a person and you like you're really kind in your response and i admire Thank that
1: you. i appreciate that i try sometimes i yell in my room probably <laughs> You know, but I really am trying to, and I, I mean it, I believe that they're mm-hmm. victims of bad theology. And so the only way that we're ever going to have a constructive conversation is engaging with each other properly and and respectfully. So yeah. we will continue to do so. We hope the tone of the movie uh, amplifies those tones and um, we hope that it works. We hope that people can at least take a step back from their own reality yeah. and, and at least be brave enough to say, I need to look at this mm-hmm. and then walk away and do more work. You don't have yeah. to walk away and say, wow, they convinced me, you know, just do, do some more work, meet some yeah. gay people, talk to some gay people, read some more books. You know, there are tons of authors that you can look at that have other points of view and there's plenty of evidence in the Bible to support mm-hmm. these things. So we just encourage people to do the work and continue yeah. constructive conversations. Research
0: question, have a relationship mm-hmm. with someone. Totally. Um, So just one thing about the film that I wanted to touch. You have both sides. You mentioned your dad's in the film and he's opposing. So do you have more people than him that are opposing? We're working on it.
1: Yes. Um, So some of the people that would be opposing, we can use, which is something called fair use. So Mm -hmm. we can pull examples from the internet and use them. We are looking to get at least one opposing theologian, a big name, to be in our film. We need them to trust us the same as my father, that we will give them the same time, respect, as any other um, expert in our film. Mm -hmm. And then again, that affords our audience the opportunity to walk away and make their own decision. So we're we're presenting this research. We've got evidence to back it up and sightings, the book, there's a book being written too, um, called how the Bible became anti-gay forging a sacred weapon. So Mm -hmm. all of the work in the movie, you can find the footnotes and the sightings in the book and then do the work there. But we want, Dr. Robert Gagnon or Dr. Michael Brown to come on and tell us why they believe Arsenakoiitai means homosexual, where mm-hmm. they're getting it from, so that our audience can make their own decisions. Yeah, that's
0: great. I love that. It's not just forcing it on them. It's like, please go do your own research and look at it. 100. Um, are y'all going to do a tour, like around, yes. taking the film around?
1: I would love to turn this into an impact piece. When the mm-hmm. film is done, the work is not done. So we'll see how that can happen. If we can make that happen, um, because obviously that's another expense. Um, uh, but maybe, you know, if a church wanted to invite us and help fund that we will mm-hmm. go, you know, we don't need to get paid. Maybe just pay for the trip kind of thing. Um, yeah. we can screen the movie and meet your congregation. So we'll see how that works. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, where we go from there. I would love to meet everyone all over the world. We want to take this all over the world. So
0: that's awesome. I'm already like talking to some people at our church. Like, if we can get them here, I'm gonna do everything I can.
1: Where are y'all located?
0: Amarillo, Texas. Ah, nice. Which is like the Bible belt. Like we were shocked when we found our church because it it just doesn't make sense. It's just God. So there's we're the only church that has a gay person serving on the ministry team wow. in this town. And so, um, and I know he got a lot of flack from other pastors because they meet every week. When it started, they they just disagreed.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. So like your pastor's getting feedback from the community mm-hmm. and they're upset. Wow.
0: Yeah. How does that so, make you feel? Um I think it's funny. I think I love that he loves me so much that he's challenging them too and willing to like just put his, I guess, reputation on the line. A hundred percent. For for me and my family. He's risking it all. That's
1: incredible. Yeah. Wow. So,
0: yeah, we would love to, you know, talk in the future when that gets closer to see how we can get y'all here.
1: And, you know, even before then, if you wanted to set up a, I have a 20 minute PowerPoint, I could tell you about the yeah. book, to meet people beforehand too. So yeah, I saw you do
0: cool. the Kenya one. Is that the one?
1: Yeah, the other day. Last, oh, yeah. We got to talk with faith leaders from Africa to see how we can bring this research overseas to communities where people are actually persecuted and killed. Yeah, for being. I mean, obviously we have killings here in the United States, but uh, there's some pretty horrific things going on in Africa and some it's, African countries.
0: I have a couple listeners from over there, and they've messaged me like how it is, and you can get arrested, and they can go through your phone. Yeah. it's scary. Yeah, and yeah, I don't take for granted like how blessed we are here in Amarillo, which we shouldn't be, but yeah, we are. Um, okay, so y'all are still raising support for the film. Mm-hmm. What are some ways people can support y'all?
1: Sure. We actually are about to launch a peer-to-peer fundraising campaign in June. We mm-hmm. want to try to raise all the money we need to finish the movie. And we were coached yesterday on how to do this, and I believe we can do it. We have mm-hmm. a list of 168 people that we're already going to start to approach but if we get a hundred people to try to raise $3,000 in their community, which is not a lot, you know, we can raise the money. So we're looking for 10 leaders to run teams of 10, you know, to each set a goal and help us finish this movie. So we're going to be launching that in June. So stay tuned. People can send us an email, 1946 the movie info at gmail.com to either a get on our newsletter or see about joining a team. But if people wanted to start now, we have a GoFundMe up, uh, You can find all of our GoFundMe info at 1946themovie.com. And then on that site as well, we have a fiscal sponsor called Women Make Movies. So they are a 501c3 and they're able to accept charitable donations on our behalf. So if somebody wanted to give 100, 500, 1,000 bucks, it's a full tax write off. So we encourage people to take advantage of that. But you can also just buy merch. Yes. 20% goes to help the film. There's a merch link on our website. And then all of the instructions are on there. So just read the site. And it'll tell you what to do. And um, yeah, those are the three okay. best ways. But besides that, like, follow, share, follow us on Instagram at yeah. 1946, the movie. Uh, interact with the page. Don't be afraid to show people the trailer and get people encouraged to watch the film.
0: Yes. I'll link all of that in the video and the podcast um, comments so people can find that easier. Um, Amazing. One last question. Do you currently have a church home?
1: I don't. I had a church home when I lived in Los Angeles. I just moved back to the East Coast in November. And so I stopped attending that church. We were attending virtually, but I left to explore. I kind of church hop right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been meeting a lot of progressive pastors on the TikTok. And so I zoom in with them and then I do have one church in Los Angeles that I'll zoom in uh, every once in a while. It's a First United Methodist Church in in Los Angeles. And then um, I listen to my dad's church that's still sweet. almost every week. I love that. It's hard, but I do. Yeah. Um. You know. So
0: that's sweet. Are you in Philadelphia?
1: I am. Mm-hmm.
0: My mom is the biggest Eagles fan, which is weird. Oh yeah. In Texas. Yeah. yeah. She's like the oddball in Texas because we're I don't Cowboys. watch basketball. No football. But- I know. I'm just kidding. Was oh, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, I don't do sports. So, you she know. like she went to Philly once to go watch them play the Cowboys. I'm like, you're crazy, but amazing. she'll yeah, she love that
1: every Thanksgiving, man. Yes, Let's it's a here.
0: it's a big deal. My wife's that's like the great. biggest biggest
1: Cowboys fan, like head to toe Cowboys. Like,
0: and my well, mom's opposite.
1: Where my nickname comes from the Rocky. Okay. Um, so my dad always wanted a boy and he has four daughters and i'm the closest to a boy he ever got a little bit of a slap in his face nickname but uh (laughs) it works i'll take it uh you know my real name is sharon but everybody calls me rocky oh i like it It suits you
0: (laughs) well thank you so much is there any i know you're on tiktok are there any questions that people are asking or anything interaction
1: well you know i want to cover to ask there. you know just some of this the questions we get a lot. One man, one woman, the one flesh doctrine, you know, all of this stuff is easily, there's a lot of books out there on this stuff, especially the one flesh union that is a kinship bond. And we see that same language being used when it's cousins, tribes, men. It's, a, it's about making a bond and a commitment to protect and provide for whether it's a community or a kinship between two people. Yeah. Um, so that language has nothing to do with complementarianism or the plumbing argument, which people will say, it's like, that means the penis goes into the vagina. I'm sorry. I'm like really crude on this. um, Yeah. This, um, on this podcast right now, but I mean, these are, this is literally the language that is used. Um, But no, it, it doesn't mean that at all. So anyway, those are, the, those are the typical questions we get. I would say there's a book out there called Included in Christ, mm-hmm. like Dr. Christy Purdue. That's a book we recommend. You can find a link to that book on our website, 1946themovie.com.
0: Okay. And I'll link that too in the comments because oh, I haven't it. read that one yet. I, I've been looking for it. I guess it's one you really need to order.
1: That one's really good, and then there's one called um, "Bible, Gender, Sexuality" by Dr. James Bronson. I should link that one up as well too, because he mm-hmm. goes into complementarianism, he goes into Romans, he goes into one flesh. Very good work. He is an Old Testament—I think he's a New Testament scholar. Sorry, I have to look that up, but he's definitely a scholar. He's definitely got his doctorate. Mm-hmm. Very smart man, and he and he goes through all of these things. That's awesome.
0: Have you read "Cross in the Closet"? I have not. That's a really good one. Who wrote that book? I think his name's Timothy Keller. Okay. Um, He was a straight man. When someone came out to him, like one of his friends, and they had just gotten kicked out, he immediately wanted to tell her and save her. Like, he was worried about her salvation, and the Holy Spirit convicted him and called him to walk as a gay man for a year. So he had to come out. Only one person knew he was doing this. He had to come out to his whole family it was gay, and then he had to like come back out and say, "Look, it was just
1: this thing." That I it called me too. It's an wow. amazing book, yeah. i a really good story. About it, I have to read that book. You I did a I, great job. The other day, was that you on one of our lives? It's no. I might have. It's yeah. one
0: that I read in the beginning because I read both for and against when I was coming out because I thought it was important to not just do what was going to make my life easy. Um, but that book is really. It's powerful. And I think a lot wow. of people should do that. It's like walking in someone's
1: shoes. He actually did it. That's incredible. Yeah. I have to read this book immediately. Please mm-hmm. send me a link. So I I'll can- send you the link. Book. Yeah. That'd be great.
0: It's great. Well, I think, I mean, there's nothing else I have to ask. <laughs> um, I mean, I could talk to you forever. I love what y'all are doing. I really you know? appreciate
1: it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you I for hope having to me again. and reaching out and supporting the project. Thank you for being on our lives. I see you all the time. <laughs> it really means a lot yeah uh, just to know that there are people that really care and really listening um some of our our listeners like it's amazing we had one guy vinnie the pooh just do a post who's watching right now uh and got all of the information right so they're paying attention it's working yeah. and then they're brave enough to put the put the word out there so thank you to all of our listeners thank you to you for all the support and hopefully more more will come yeah for yes for team. sure i'm
0: excited Well, as always, thank you all for listening. Until next time, have a good one. Hey guys, thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications and give this video a big thumbs up. Also, thanks for your comments and your feedback. Hey guys, thanks. (laughs) Hey guys, thanks for listening to my
2: Oh gosh.